you have a copy of the Word of God, want to turn with us, 1 Kings chapter number 18. Appreciate again the goodness of the Lord and His help in the service this morning. And uh, to be honest with you, a lot of times when uh, you have a service as we did this morning, it's very difficult uh, sometimes to know what to do next. And uh, not that God's exhausted, not that God can't do anything else, uh, but your heart's just full and at the same time you feel empty like you don't have anything left to give. Uh, and so I tried to pray and seek the Lord about the service tonight. And I know we dealt in the First Kings chapter 19 on Wednesday night, uh, but I kept thinking about the goodness of the Lord to our little church, and the Lord kept drawing my heart to this scripture as I read it, began to speak to my heart, and so I want to read some verses here and to give you just a simple thought that the Lord's laid on my heart and trust that it'll be a help and a blessing to you tonight if the Lord will help us to do so and you'd pray for us. First Kings chapter 18, when you found your place, if you're able, willing to do so, we'll stand together out of reverence and honor to the Word of God. Now we know the context of the Scripture. We went over it, and I'll not take a lot of time to do so tonight, but we went over it on Wednesday night. Of course, we know that God has, uh, through the Word of Elijah, has cut off the heavens It's not rained and there's been no dew on the earth for what we find out in the book of James now for three and a half years. He uh, goes and shows himself to Ahab who is the king of Israel at this time. He's a wicked man. God is judging Ahab and his wickedness with this, uh, this drought and famine that's come in the land. Elijah shows himself to Ahab. They gather on Mount Carmel. Of course, we know the contest that goes on there and how the Lord answers by fire and uh, the prophets now have been slain with the edge of the sword. I want to pick up reading in verse number 41 of 1 Kings chapter number 18. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. He cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There's nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. It came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. He said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. It came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, And he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Now it seems to me that in this scripture there's different emphasis placed on different things. 
or at least that's how the Lord put it on my heart today. In verse number 41, I feel like the Holy Ghost, as he inspired the men of God to write, is putting emphasis on the word of Elijah here about that there is a sound of abundance of rain. In verse 45, I feel like the emphasis is placed on the fact that the Bible said the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain. Now, in considering the fact that there is an abundance of rain and a great rain, it's amazing to me that the Lord would record the fact that it all started with a little cloud in verse number 44. I began to think, and I said already that God just began to stir in my heart as I thought about the events of today and not just today, but the events that have unfolded and, and come to pass and how God's blessing has been upon our little church. And we use that phrase a lot around here, our little church. And we're not doing any irreverence. We're just, and I mentioned it not long ago in preaching, we're not uh, uh, doing uh, a shame or disgrace to the church. We're just realizing and understanding that we're nothing and God's everything. Uh, that we may be a little church, but we do serve a great big God. And so I begin to think here in the scripture as uh, the Bible records that Elijah's servant uh, comes back after the seventh time. Now it's not said in here that Elijah prays seven times. It just says uh, that he sends his servant to look seven times. Uh, and when he comes back on the seventh time, now in the Bible there are a lot of things uh, that we could talk about in numerology. Seven is the number of perfection or the number of completeness. Uh, and God was going to do his complete work and he's going to show himself to be God again. Even though he had already showed himself to be God when he turned the false into heaven off and kept it off for three and a half years. Even though he already showed himself to be God when he sent fire from heaven that not only consumed the sacrifice but it consumed the stones of the altar and it licked up the water and the dust that was in the trench but he's going to show himself uh, to be God again in the fact uh, that he could give an abundance of rain uh, out of a little cloud. Uh, and I begin to think that he's the Lord uh, of the little. Uh, that's what got to stir in my heart today. Uh, he, he's not a little Lord, uh, but he's the Lord of the little. Uh, that is that he uses and chooses uh, to work through little things. Uh, now the word little here in its original, uh, if you studied in the Hebrew, it doesn't just mean uh, that it's little in size, but it means uh, that it would be something that would normally be overlooked. Uh, it was something that looked unimportant, uh, uh, something that was taken for granted. Uh, and yet the Lord uh, used this little cloud uh, to do a great work. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I thank God in these days uh, that the Lord's used our little church uh, and he's blessed our little church. Uh, I'm glad he's the God of the little that people might drive by and to everybody else this place seems insignificant. This place goes overlooked. This place doesn't look like anything special. We don't have a big building and it ain't in the big buildings anyway. But we're just a little building and a little group of people on the side of the road. But I'm glad tonight we serve a great God and he's the Lord of the little. Here in the scripture, use a little cloud. 
how to do a great work. How that we could go through the whole word of God. It would take all night for us to look at the times and the instances when he used little things, insignificant things, overlooked things. But he done a great miraculous work that you and I talk about to this day. We don't even much pay attention to the little things. We just pay attention to what God did for them. See tonight, it's not that we're looking for recognition. It's not that we're saying we're a little church and a little group of people so anybody would pay attention to us. But it's the fact that we're magnifying the work that God's doing through a little group of people and all through the Word of God. The little things might get overlooked, but what God does through the little things cannot be overlooked. There's no way to overlook the great rain that came out of this little cloud. I mean, I feel like you don't have to agree with me. It's just the way I read the scripture. I feel like when Elijah sent his servant out after everything that's went on, I think the servant expected to go out and the whole sky be covered with clouds for God to answer. And I feel like the servant probably cut back in with his head bowed low and dragging his tracks saying, well, there's a cloud. I mean, it's just a little bitty cloud coming out of the see about the size of a man's hand. I don't know what he expected the man of God to say but it probably wasn't what Elijah said. He said go tell Ahab to get up and he better get on his chair and get back to Jezreel because there's a great rain coming even out of that little bitty cloud. In these days of modern evangelism and success driven ministry now, I'm going to tell you, the, the problem of ministry in this day is it quit being about God somewhere along the line and started being about men. And men call it their ministry. It's not my ministry. It's God's ministry. And God help us to not do anything. Paul said that I give no offense in anything that the ministry. Paul didn't say my ministry. He said the ministry. It's God's ministry that it be not blamed. But God can take a little somebody like me and a little somebody like you and do great things through us. Here he uses a little cloud. I'm just going to mention a few things and then we'll go to the house. I thought about when David stepped out on the battlefield against Goliath. The Lord used a little child to, do, to win the battle. I mean, here's the least. I mean, he, he couldn't even go with Saul. The Bible said he ran after him then he had to turn and go back because he wasn't old enough or big enough or strong enough to fight in the army of the king of Israel. But ain't it amazing that with all them other men that stood, them stalwart men, them valiant men with their armor and with their weapons and their swords and yet out of all them God chose a little child to do his work. And we still talk about it today. How this little boy who was ready and of a fair countenance, who was the least of his father's sons, who was a shepherd on the hillside, who had no experience. Saul said, you're but a youth. And he's a man of war from his youth. Have you ever thought about that statement? He didn't just say he was a person of war or a soldier. Saul said he's been a man from his youth. He's not like anybody else. And you can't stand against him. But I'm telling you, could because there's a great big God in the heart of a little bitty boy and he did a great work for God on that day. God's the God of the little. I think about Naaman 
He's down there and he's a leper. But he's got a little child in his house who they took captive out of the land of Israel. The Bible calls her a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And Naaman tried everything he could. But the Bible said he was a great man and an honorable man. And that by him the Lord had given deliverance to Syria. And not once or twice, but many times. And all those accolades that lift Naaman up. He was a big man, a strong man. But the reality was, the Bible said, but he was a leper. And Naaman had went here, no doubt. Naaman had went there. Uh, Naaman got the king of Syria to write a letter to the king of Israel uh, that he was coming to recover him. Uh, but that little old girl uh, who, who was overlooked, uh, who went unnoticed, uh, I mean, she's just a little girl from Israel who uh, don't have no purpose really uh, just to be a slave and a servant of uh, Naaman's wife. But she said, uh, would God my, sir, my master uh, were down yonder where the man of God was and he'd recover him of his leper. And this little old girl that was so overlooked and so unnoticed, she got used of God in a great way that day. For Naaman went down, he dipped in the Jordan, and became clean again. All because God used a little child to do his work. I thought about in the Gospels, when the multitudes found the Lord, and the disciples say, it's getting late, let's send them away to buy meat. And Jesus said, you feed them. They said, well, 200 penny worth of bread, be sufficient that they may all have a little. I don't know what you think, but I'm going to tell you what I think. I think they had the treasury on the wall. They knew exactly what they had and they were saying what we got is not enough we can't do it I mean here they are they're the men of God they have walked hand in hand with him they have saw him raise the dead heal the sick give sight to the blind but they're saying we can't do it Jesus said well what do you have they said well there's a lad here just this little boy this little child and he's got a little lunch that's what they said. They said he's got five barley loaves, which was common people's bread. And when we think about loaves, we think about what we buy in the bag at Ingalls. That's not what a loaf was in the Bible. It was what we had called a biscuit. They said he's got five little pieces of bread and two small fish. Boy, that's real Baptist, wasn't they? I mean, there's a real Baptist. There's going to make sure the Lord knew there's no use in him trying to use what this boy had. It was a waste of his time. I'm going to tell you in these days, if you listen to the majority of Baptist churches and the message echoing, that make us feel like there's no use in us giving what little we got to God. But I'm going to tell you, it may be little in your hands, but the writer said, little is much when God's in it. I'm glad tonight to know that he's the Lord to the little and Jesus said bring them unto me and probably if, if they were like I am and if you'd be honest like you are the whole way back they was probably shaking their heads murmuring under their breath among themselves I don't know what we're doing why we're going to get these five little loaves and these two small fishes but they said what are they among so many I mean they probably said who does he think he is or what does he think he's going to do with these five and you say preacher they wouldn't have thought that way you and I do sometimes we think how in the world can God do this can God work in this situation? Can God use me? Can God get me out of the predicament I'm in? That's what they were saying. How's he going to use these? But the Bible said he blessed it and he break it and he gave it to them. He wanted them to see for themselves what he could do with the little. And they gave it 
it to the multitude. Oh, there's 5,000 men oh, besides the women and children. And the Bible said they all ate and were filled and they took up 12 baskets full. You can believe what you want to. I ain't got no Bible for it. I ain't got none against it. Hey, but I think the Lord gave a basket for every one of them because they doubted his ability and he was going to show them what he could do with the little. And he used that little boy with that little lunch and he did a great work. It's recorded in all four, the only miracle that's recorded in all four of the Gospels. And he used a little boy with a little lunch and fed a bunch of people. I began to think about hearing this scripture, what God has to hear. I thought about when the word of God came through Elijah to Ahab and the Lord cut off the heavens. That the Lord said, get up, turn you eastward, hide yourself by the brook Keyleth. He said, I've commanded the ravens to feed thee there. And the Lord got to working in my heart and he said, I can even use them little crows to do my work. I mean, if it's me and you writing the Bible, and if it was me and you being God, we'd have picked the eagle or, or you know, some great impressive bird or with a long wingspan or some mighty thing, some symbol of glory. Or, but God said, I'll use the crows or, to do my work. I'll choose them. I'll use them. And I can get glory out of them. I'm telling you tonight, it's not about who we are. It's not about what we have or what we don't have. It ain't about who our name is. It ain't about what our title is. But it's about a great big God that can take little bitty people and do his work for us. And then when he got done using the little crows, there's a little old little woman. And she didn't have nothing but a little cake. She said, I ain't got nothing but a handful of meal. I mean, we made you on the fact that she fed Elijah. Thank God for that. But you know, and I know very well, that just a handful of meal, it's not going to make a number 13 size pan of cornbread. It's just going to make a little cake. And I believe if I'm quoting the scripture right, I think Elijah said, make me thereof a little cake first. I believe that's what he said. He said, I just need a little cake. And he said, if you'll give me your little, he said, the Lord will give you a lot. I'm telling you tonight, when we come in the house of God, I know I feel like I beat this same drum all the time, but it's on my heart. And we come in and we feel like we can't say like somebody else, and we can't testify like somebody else. We don't have to give like somebody else. You say, preach all I got's a handful. All he wants is what little you have. I'm giving you a little. He can do a lot with it. Just that little cake. Now I got enough common sense to know I build enough fires to know that two sticks ain't gonna make a real big fire. And if that was gonna be enough to bake her cake, that cake's gonna be awful small. But she went and gave what she had. She didn't hold nothing back. She gave everything she had to the Lord. And the Lord blessed her in return. I'm not telling you tonight to go into your bank account, but I'm telling you spiritually speaking, let's get beyond worldly things, let's get beyond material things, and let's come in and give God what we've got, and let God take our little and do it with it I think about that widow woman that had them two mites and she slipped around she didn't want nobody to see but she put it in and I know how you feel I've been there we come in the house of God sometimes and under our breath we're thinking Lord 
Please don't ask me to do anything today. I mean, Lord, let somebody else sing. Let somebody else testify. Let somebody else say amen. Let somebody else. That's what the little woman was thinking. And she just slipped through the crowd thinking, I hope nobody sees. But the Lord called her on in front of the whole crowd. And she said, this woman has given more than all the rest. And them Pharisees and Sadducees and publicans, their mouth fall to the floor. They said, we give thousands of dollars. And she just give too much which don't even equal a penny in our currency but he said she's give what she had all the rest of you gave it the abundance you gave what you didn't need I gave what you could live without he said she give everything she had that'll be the attitude of the way we give to God you can take out however the Holy Ghost needs to put it in your heart. We ought to give what we have to God. We ought to give what He asks of us. I, I mean, we come in sometimes, and I'm going to preach on money here for just a minute. I don't often, but it's on my heart. And we come in and we give our tenth to God. And like it was said the other day, and most Baptists would fall out with me. But if you read your Bible, tithing, it's not necessarily a New Testament doctrine. It was under the Old Testament, under the law, it was a requirement. But I do read where giving is a New Testament doctrine. And the minute they got born again, the people of the first church wanted to give. It come natural them to want to give. But we come in the house of God and we put our tenth in, feel like we've done something. From our galaxies, we're no better than the Sadducees and the Pharisees that's given our abundance. But when's the last time we give God more than what we thought we ought to? Oh, yeah. He said, preacher, I ain't got a lot. I'm not asking for all you have. I'm just asking you to give a little. And, and, and let me back up and say, I ain't asking you to give a little. If God's asking you to give a little, it might not seem like nobody else. It might not seem like nothing to anybody else. You might have an extra $20 in your billfold. And I don't preach on money often so you don't have to fall out with me. We're not preaching in the carnal mind. Remember, we're in the spirit now. And we're not going to get offended. We're just going to obey God. But we might have it pulled back and flipped back for something for something we want. But I'm going to tell you, God says to give it, you ought to give it. And see what God will give you. And we're not given to get. But if we give in the right attitude and the right spirit and say, Lord, I might have wanted this to buy something else, but you're putting it on my heart to give. I'm going to give it. See what God will do. I mean, that little boy, he gave everything he had. He gave his meal. The widow's out that gave everything she had. I gave the last meal, but guess what? God gave more back than they gave to God. That's right. Oh, yeah. While I'm on the subject, visit service last night, and it just kind of come to my heart right now. Visit service last night, and there's a missionary come in, Brother Jonathan Townsend. I believe it's his first name. I know his last name's Townsend. He's getting ready to go to Peru, and he seems like a good young man. I met him at Brother Ronnie Jones' church last year, and he come in with another preacher last night. And Brother Roger hadn't never met him. I've only met him once. Don't know that much about him. Just that seems like a good man. But it got on Brother Roger's heart for to take up an offering at the end of service. He said, "Now, when I don't know somebody, he said I'm a little bit reserved at this." But he said, "God, when he come in the back door back there and shook my hand, God said, take." up often for it. I'm going to tell you the people he could have held back. He could have checked it off his list and said, Lord, I want to know about where he's going. I want to know about what he's doing. I want to know about this. No, that's our problem in this day. I'm not talking about being illogical. I'm not talking about being off the wall. I'm not talking about not being in order. But I'm going to tell you if it's from the Holy Ghost, it's always in order. 
We took up offering last night. I think they got over $300 for him. I say, thank God. Amen. And I guarantee you, anybody that give, God will give back to thee. You can't outgive God. If you want to try it, just go ahead and put him to test. See if you can outgive him. I promise you, you can't. Because he can take your little and do a lot with it. Because he's the Lord of the little. We go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Tonight about all the little things that the Lord does. I thought about our little church by the side of the road and I'm done. And God took my heart to Judges chapter 7 where the Lord's got Gideon. He's got 10,000 to start with. But the Lord starts whacking them down. And by the end, He's got 300 and that's all He's got. You say, preacher, what was? It's the way they handled the water. You'll get that in just a minute. I'm going to tell you, the water will do the dividing. It will do the work. We don't have to come up. We don't have to run people off. We ought not to. But I'm going to tell you what. The water will do the dividing. And when all them that handled the water correctly were set aside, Gideon got to count. He went from 10,000 to 300. Now they're going up against an enemy. The Bible said they were like grasshoppers for multitude. And he's got 300 million. And that's it. I'm going to tell you, that's a little. We think in this day about church attendance, you know, we get in our mind, boy, 300's a lot. Not when you're going up against tens of thousands. But God used a little crowd to do it. They didn't even have to draw their sword. They didn't take no weapon. If I read my Bible right, they had a lamp and a pitcher. And Gideon had the horn. And he said, when I blow the horn, you break the lamps, or break the pitcher, shine the light, and cry the sword of the Lord, and of Gideon. They come in, that little crowd. I don't know what kind of conversation was going on in the crowd. I know they know who they're going against. They have seen the enemy firsthand. They're the ones been coming up and destroying the land. Destroying the harvest, destroying the increase. They're the ones that they dug themselves holes and caves in the mountains to hide from. And now there's 300 of them going up against them all. And there's probably rumors in the camp and word spreading through the camp saying, what does Gideon think we're doing? What in the world? Where did he get this word from? Why did all the others go home? We need them. We can't do it without them. And they're right. We can't do it. We serve a God that can. And they got up there in the middle of the night and surrounded that army. They said, we we ain't got no swords, boys. What are we going to do? Gideon said, this is what you're going to do. They break their pitchers and they shine the lights and they blew the horn and they shouted. And the Bible said they turned, the enemy turned one on another and slew each other. Didn't even have to draw a sword and the battle was won. See, how does that work, preacher? The Lord of the little. And the ones that didn't kill each other, they took tail and run and getting his men pursued after them and overcame them. You say, preacher, how does that work? The Lord of the little. They pursued and pursued till they was faint, but they kept on pursuing. 
And I'm going to tell you in these days, that's what you and I need to do. We need to keep pursuing and pursuing. I know we're getting weary. I know we're getting faint. But that's what Paul said. Forget them things that are behind. Forget how you messed up yesterday. Forget how you failed yesterday. And press toward the mark. Reach forth to those things that are before. Knowing that the Lord of the little is with us. We may be little, but we got a great big God. The writer wrote, and the Lindsay brothers used to sing, A speck of dirt's all I am, nothing worthy of the Lamb. But in mercy and in grace, my precious Savior took my place. What is man that God would love? His virtue so much higher above. Human mind can't comprehend. Creator as creation's friend. We are the little. But I'm glad tonight He's the Lord of the little. We may be that little cloud, but I'm glad God used it to give a great rain. We may be that little cloud like Gideon had, but God used it to give victory. We may be the little crow. We may be the little lad. We may be the little child. We may be the little cake. Whatever we are, just let God use the little. Let Him be the Lord. He's not little. He's the great God of heaven. He's the supreme ruler of the universe. He's the Almighty and the Sovereign God. And let He is tonight, thank God, Lord of the little. Father, I thank You tonight for the privilege and the opportunity to have been in Your house with Your people. What a joy it's been to be here in the house of God today. Thank You for Your help. Thank You, Lord, for Your presence. Thank You for speaking to our hearts. Thank You for those, uh, Lord, that obeyed this morning for their testimonies. Thank You for the presence of everybody. But above everything, Lord, thank You for Your presence today. You've been so gracious and kind. Lord, to afford us with your peace. Lord, the remainder of the day, bless us, each one. Bless this little church. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Help us, Lord, to stay faithful to you in these days. Lord, we may just be a little crowd in a little church on the side of the road, but I'm glad tonight, Lord, to know that you're the Lord of the little. I pray you'd help us to give ourselves to you and allow you to take us and do with us what you will. Above everything, Lord, that's said or done, may you get honor and glory to yourself tonight. And we'll thank you, Lord, and we'll praise you for all you do. For we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.